podcast number nine. Hello and welcome to the Fighting for Connection podcast. I'm Brett Nicola, a husband, father, and fun lover. Listen in as I share stories, tips, and inspiration that will move you toward the connection that you want in your relationship. Over the last few weeks in the Connected Couples Campus, which is the online platform that I have in conjunction with my one-to-one therapy and coaching business, we've been focusing on the love triangle. If you're not aware what the love triangle is, it's a concept that I learned quite a few years back. And if you Google like the love triangle, you'll find an image pretty quickly. But it's this idea where there's three components in a relationship. Uh, At the peak of the triangle, we have passion. But underneath, at the base of that triangle, we have commitment and we have intimacy. Now, the commitment and intimacy and passion are three ideas that all come together to create a romantic love relationship. And I'm going to explain, I guess, in my own words, what these three words really mean in the context of the love triangle. So commitment is really uh, this idea that I am committed to you no matter what. But along with that, comes this belief in the relationship that you're committed to me no matter what. And if we look at both parties within the relationship, a high level of commitment within the relationship would mean that both individuals within the relationship experience this idea that I'm fully committed to you and this belief that you're fully committed to me. Now, intimacy That word oftentimes throws people off. And in the context of this love triangle, it's really the emotional intimacy that we experience in a relationship. Now, what is that emotional intimacy? It's really best described with this idea of into me you see, meaning that you're fully transparent and uh, you allow your partner to come into your emotional experience and you're able to share with them and be open with them, and you feel a connection with them. And again, like the commitment, it's this idea that you also believe that you have that same level of intimacy with your partner. So uh, it's a two-way street of knowing that you can be fully emotionally intimate with them and believing that they're fully intimate, uh, emotionally intimate with you. And again, a high level of intimacy within the relationship has both parties feeling both of these aspects. Now, if we look at the top of the triangle and go to the passion, this is really kind of the exciting love, lust, uh, romance that is within a love relationship. And what we know about the love triangle is there's a reason why that is at the top of the triangle and it's based on the foundation of commitment and intimacy because both of those things are very important for passion to be a long-lasting part of any relationship. Now, there's something that I don't know that if I've seen this in a picture form, but something that really makes sense to me is underneath that triangle is a, a foundation of trust. And that's something that I think is true about any relationship that we're in is that it's all based on a foundation of trust and this belief 
that we are safe with them, both physically as well as emotionally, and we can depend on them and feel close and cared for by them. And all of those things develop the level of trust that we have with that person. And obviously, the deeper or the thicker that foundation of trust is, the more secure our commitment in the relationship is going to be, the more secure our intimacy is going to be in the relationship, and the more developed our passion is going to be in that relationship. So in my own relationship with Kelsey, it seems that maintaining a strong emotional connection requires so much intention and focus. And when we have that type of a strong emotional connection, it seems like life goes so well. Then it is almost like clockwork that it seems like we get complacent and we get lackadaisical with our emotional connection. Maybe it's meant to be that way. I don't know. I I only say that because it just seems like that's the nature of all the relationships that I've seen is that there are times of emotional closeness and oftentimes that emotional closeness seems to wane and we feel a certain distance and with work and intention, we can redevelop that emotional closeness and then it wanes and so on. So maybe uh, it's meant to be that way, but definitely it's so amazing when we feel that emotional closeness. But contrast is the spice of life, and it seems that if we always felt that emotional closeness, then maybe it wouldn't really even be so special to us. So it's just something that I think is important to keep into mind here that maybe it's almost meant to be that we have this this pendulum to and fro of feeling distant and then feeling emotionally close. Because of that swing, I think that it's so important that we learn how we can get back into a feeling of emotional connection when we are in those moments of distance and conflict and uh, feeling disconnected and not emotionally close. Oftentimes, it seems that, at least for me in my relationship, it's easy to blame Kelsey and I see in a lot of other relationships that I work with that we're so quick to blame our spouse for a lack of emotional connection in our marriage. And it might feel like you have a lot of evidence to point to such a case or to really show other people that it's your spouse that's creating the lack of emotional connection and to show that your spouse is the issue here. And it might feel like it's you have done everything that you can to move your relationship to the emotional space and to the connection that you want. And it has been met with stonewalling and contempt and it's kind of been thrown in your face or walls or it hasn't gone the way that you want to. And oftentimes I see where people just throw up their hands and and say like, I've done everything I can. And I guess, you know, my spouse just needs to figure this out or they need to figure out how to get well or get fixed or be different so I can be emotionally close with them. And then I almost see how that person moves themselves away within the relationship. They'll get to a place of resentment, a place of contempt, and will really hold themselves back in that relationship while pointing at the other person as the reason for this. One thing that I like to say is that it's especially important when you're communicating with your spouse that we're less focused on what exactly we say and we're more focused on what we feel. Uh, Meaning that oftentimes spouses, 
especially when they're working with me, we'll be talking about ways that we can communicate. And a spouse will say, well, I've already said that and it didn't work. And I think that it's important to slow down and to just realize like our spouse is really tuned into how we're feeling, even more so than what we're saying. And so when our words aren't congruent with our feelings, our spouse can pick up on that really, really quickly. And they're not going to feel so confident in what you're saying. And they're going to really pick up on what they sense you feeling. And they're going to run with that. And if those feelings that they're sensing from you are anything in the area of being angry, of being disappointed, of being cold, etc. Oftentimes their spouse will internalize it and they will become maybe guarded and withheld in the relationship because as they're internalizing it, they're feeling like you're seeing them as the problem and you're not understanding their perspective and their point of view. And we can get stuck in that spot. Getting yourself to a feeling of understanding, a place of curiosity, and to a sense of optimism can make all the difference as we begin to communicate with your spouse. Because if you can get to those feelings, the words that you say are going to have so much more impact and your spouse is going to see that you're really uh, in that emotional place and they're going to be less guarded and they're going to feel like they're more in line or they are more uh, on your team than if they have any of these other more negatively associated feelings. So consider this when you feel that your spouse is the problem. Because you have probably spent years trying to control your spouse. Oftentimes, that's what I see. And that's what I've experienced in my own relationship with Kelsey that I spent so many years. And it still comes up every day in my relationship with her. And I've had to get intentional about not trying to control her to make me feel better, but to be able to communicate clearly with her, to do the change that I need to do. Uh, so that I can show up the way that I want to within the relationship and so I can invite her into relationship with me. Because the truth is, I don't like to be changed by other people. You don't like to be changed with other people. Your spouse doesn't like to be changed and they don't even like to change for you. Oftentimes what I see in couples and in failed marriage therapy is uh, this idea that we just kind of exchange jobs with each other to make each other happy. And it might last for a week or two weeks, but invariably I see that that tends to fall apart because we're not really good at just showing up in those ways. And oftentimes we don't know how to, and it can really create a short-sighted dynamic or a short-ended dynamic uh, in the sense that it doesn't really change the relationship. And we're much better off changing ourselves in the ways that we know we can change within the relationship and moving towards those and being consistent with them to create lasting change in the relationship versus it being dependent on our other person doing the job uh, right to make us happy. Because it seems like as soon as one person fails in that, the other person quickly quits and the whole thing kind of stalls out. We also don't have control over other people. We can't control them to be kinder, to be nicer, to be more open, to be more empathetic, to be softer, gentler. We can't do any of that. And we don't have the ability to really go in and control them. But what we do know is when you are in a relationship with someone and you change the way that you show up and you change the way you interact, 
people respond to that. It's like, uh, I think it's Newton's third law of motion. With every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And it seems like that applies to relationships. And so when you change the way you're showing up, change the way you're interacting, change the way you're feeling, uh, you're going to notice that there's going to be an equal and opposite reaction within uh, the relationship almost always. There is so much evidence that points to the positive impact that we can have on relationships when we positively change ourselves. And that's really what we're looking at here, that we have the ability to positively change ourselves, to change the way that we're showing up uh, when we're trying to get to a place of emotional connection. And when we can focus on that versus trying to change our spouse to get to a place of emotional connection with us, we have the ability to really impact our relationship in a way that allows for us to get to that place of emotional connection. So what is this change that you can do to positively impact your relationship? It's a great question and I find that it's so often only known by you. You are in that relationship and you know that relationship so well. And oftentimes, I think just slowing down and reflecting on how you can change positively can be discovered through just a little bit of looking inward and becoming honest with yourself and really being like, okay, what is it that I can do here to really show up the way that I want to in the relationship and to show up in a way that positively impacts this relationship? And if you feel lost at this point, I think it is a sign that it's time to reach out for support because finding a great relationship-focused therapist or coach to support you from an individual standpoint in that marriage is such a good idea. And oftentimes they can act like a mirror and reflect back to you what it is that's going on in your relationship and what you have the ability to manage and to change within yourself that will positively impact the relationship. And sometimes, even though we know it ourselves, we're not always good at picking up on it and looking at ourselves in the mirror. So having that third person that's not in the relationship, that's not connected to you, that isn't a friend, just to reflect back to you what's going on within your relationship and what you know uh, from within you that will positively impact that relationship can help so, so much. I promise you that. So in my marriage with Kelsey, I've definitely felt the importance of individual work to improve my, my relationship with myself, as well as my relationship with Kelsey. I've seen how so often I've gotten in my own way, oftentimes unknowingly, of the connection that I wanted in the relationship that I have with Kelsey. So if I can remain curious and humble and open to a new perspective, I have been able to get to places and open up things that have allowed for me to continually come back to a place of repair and to reestablish a lost connection that I've had with Kelsey. It's been really important for me to look inward in those moments and to figure out what I can do different because I've gotten so, so stuck waiting for Kelsey to do the right thing, approach me in the right way, change her perspective, understand me, all these other things that have just uh, seem, seemingly compounded the disconnect and the hurt that I felt in the relationship. The individual work that I have done has allowed for me to see that, has given me skills to repair in those moments, to get back to the uh, 
feeling of closeness and connection that I want in that relationship. And I can't undermine that enough because I think that that is so, so important when we look at how to get back to a place of emotional connection when we feel like we've lost that is rather than moving to a place of blame and pointing at our partner as the problem, looking inward and doing the work on ourselves to figure out how to get back to that place and how to uh, repair a relationship that has been hurt and has some disconnect. So the message here is that you have the ability to impact your relationship. And if you're feeling like you want uh, something more in your relationship or you're wanting repair, stop trying to change your partner and stop waiting for them to change. They're not going to change in that way for sure by you pointing out and coaching and and, uh, teaching and trying to fix them. They're going to change when they're ready at the time that they're ready. And really the only ability that you have is to just change the way that you're showing up, change the way that you're at interacting. And we utilize that Newton's law of every action has a positive and equal reaction. Start working on you to see what you can do to positively impact the relationship and learn what you can to be able to get back to the strong emotional connection that you want. As a bonus today, I thought that I'd read to you some thoughts that I had for my newsletter, Save the Date, this week. If you're not subscribed to my newsletter, you can go onto my website, click on the Save the save the date tab and put in your email and you'll get on that. We send out an email every Thursday and I put some time and and some thoughts together to help you save your date, to help you manage conflict that arises in your relationship. Because if you're experiencing conflict in your relationship, you're doing a relationship right. You really are. That means that you're moving together. And what I want you to What I want to help you is to learn how to manage yourself through that conflict so you can continue to move together rather than moving apart to stay safe or to not feel the pain of conflict. Go after you finish listening to www.pivotalapproach.com, click on the Save the Date tab, and get subscribed. These were the thoughts that I had for my newsletter this week. Three ways that Kelsey and I connect emotionally. Finding ways to connect emotionally is important for both Kelsey and I. It seems that emotional connection is so important for both husbands and wives. Now, the way Kelsey and I feel connected emotionally looks different. How you and your spouse connect emotionally will look different than how Kelsey and I connect. The job is yours to figure out. However, I thought that I would share what has worked for Kelsey and I. For me to feel emotionally connected, the number one thing that I thought of was pursuing me with interest. When Kelsey has wanted to spend time with me and to be with me, it has always felt amazing. In the busyness of raising kids, I've had to work hard to open up space for Kelsey to be able to do this with me, but it's always been worth it. No doubt the times that she has put aside the to-do list to hang out with me has made me feel even more like a spoiled man. Two, supporting me in my dreams. Nothing feels more like a team than when Kelsey is supporting me in my dreams. Sometimes I definitely feel a sense of self-consciousness about 
my dreams. And when I feel the support and backing of Kelsey, it lets me know that I have someone in my corner. And that is so great. Sometimes it's just a silent nod of support. And other times it's her rolling up her sleeves and getting to work on the dreams with me. Three, finding the amazing in me. Now I know more than anyone and I am aware of my humanness. I'm not without fault and I have many areas that I would like to work on. But when Kelsey looks at me with that, he's the bee's knees look, I am ready to take on the world for her. I feel a closeness and a certain intimacy with her and knowing that she believes in me allows for me to feel an emotional connection and a closeness that is so powerful. Now for Kelsey, one, going on dates. Nothing gets Kelsey more fired up about our relationship than a few hours away from the chores of life and the kids and to be totally focused on our relationship. Now let me tell you, If I find the babysitter, it starts out great every time. Two, having the hard conversations. These aren't always fun in the moment, but if I can stay engaged in the conversation without shutting down, I see how important these are to Kelsey. They help her know that the relationship is important for me and I'm willing to do the hard things for us. When we both get to a place of understanding each other and holding space for each other, the problem truly seems to just melt away. Three, non-sexual touch. Kelsey loves to feel connected and cared for. It seems that my care and love for her can get lost if I spend no time with her and then pursue her sexually. Finding time to hold her, to be with her, to visit with her, and to help her with the things in her life have all been ways that she has especially felt a closeness. If you've been enjoying this podcast, the best thing that you can do is go review it on the podcast platform that you're listening to this on and to share it with your friends. I hope you all have a great week and go out there and be intentional and be the intentional change that you can be in your relationship. Have a great week, everybody. This has been the Fighting for Connection podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want more content like this, check out my Connected Couples campus, which can be found on my website, www.pivotalapproach.com, and become the difference you need in your relationship.